0: You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. To be an SMSF, the rules generally require all members to be a trustee and all trustees to be a member of the fund. However, in limited situations, other people can be a trustee or a director of the fund's corporate trustee in place of the member. This includes a member's enduring power of attorney. So when might this be important from a strategy perspective? How do these appointments work? And what are the important things we need to be aware of? My name is Craig Day, Head of the First Tech Team. And joining me today to discuss these questions is Peter Wheatland. G'day, Pete. Hi, Craig. And Tim Sanderson.
1: Hi, Craig. Great to be here.
0: All right, guys. So, you know, now we're told that people set up self-managed super funds in many cases so they can control their super. So why would we want someone else to be appointed to take control of the SMSF? So, Tim, why have you seen people do this?
1: Yeah, so one of the main reasons I've seen this is really where a member of an SMSF has lost legal capacity, so they might have become mentally incapacitated, for example, so they can no longer um, help run their fund. So having an enduring power of attorney in place would potentially allow them, their attorney to become a trustee and they can stay a member and the SMSF satisfies the definition.
0: Okay, and how about you, Pete? What are, where have you
2: seen this done? Yeah, we, we also see... People, uh, well, we get calls from time to time about where one or more of the trustees will be outside Australia for a period of time and there might be a risk that the fund will become non-complying due to failing the central Mm -hmm. management and control test. And so having a client's EPOA um, who is still residing in Australia appointed as trustee um, while the client's overseas can assist in keeping the central management and control of the fund in Australia and keeping the fund complying. Yeah, so what that actually sounds
0: like is just life, right? So if we're gonna allow people to act as trustees, we need to recognize that in certain situations, they're simply not gonna be able to, whether that's due to a capacity issue, a health issue, You know, everyone thinks capacity is people getting old, but what if someone's had a heart attack and they're in intensive care for an extended period of time um, in those kinds of situations? And also just people going overseas. So the rules have this flexibility built into them to allow, you know, other people to act as a trustee and that not actually spoiling the definition or the fund's um, compliance with the definition of an SMSF. All right, so I suppose saying that, though, we, we need to make sense of, you know, what the normal trustee requirements are in order to be a self-managed super fund. So, Tim, can you run us through what those are?
1: Yeah, sure can. So, at a high level, the um, SMSF definition, as the name suggests, is aimed at ensuring that it's all of the fund members and only those fund members that are ultimately responsible for running their fund. Um, Now, the definition is slightly different depending on multiple member funds As well as whether there's individual trustees or a corporate trustee. So, for multiple member funds, um, for individual trustees, all members have to be trustees, and all trustees have to be members. For a corporate trustee, similar scenario: all members have to be directors of that corporate trustee, and all directors have to be members. For single member funds, um, a slightly different rule applies, and that's really to comply with um, the requirements under general trust law. So. If we've got individual trustees, then in that situation, we actually need to have two individual trustees, one of whom is the member. But for a corporate trustee, we can have uh, a single director who's the member or we can have two directors, one of whom is the member.
0: Okay, so picking up on what I said before, there's obviously going to be situations in life where people can't act as a trustee. So um, in... In that situation, what other people can be a trustee in place of the member?
1: Yeah, sure. So there are limited situations where that can apply and it's mainly due to legal incapacity and death. So firstly, um, where a member passes away, their legal personal representative, so generally the executor of their estate, um, can be a trustee in between when they pass away and when their death benefit starts to be paid. Mm -hmm. Um, A member's legal representative where that member's under a legal disability, so if they're a minor, for example, or they're lacking mental capacity, um, that LPR can be trustee. Where the member's a minor and they don't have an LPR, then their parent or guardian can be trustee instead of them. And also, finally, uh, a member's legal personal representative who holds an enduring power of attorney for the member um, can also be their trustee. And that's regardless of whether the member has or doesn't have legal capacity.
0: Okay, so in this podcast, we're focusing on that final exemption. I, a member's LPR who holds an enduring power of attorney in respect to the member, regardless of whether the member has a legal capacity or not. So obviously the important thing here, Pete, is what actually is an enduring power of attorney?
2: Yeah, power of attorney is a document where the client, sorry, a client grants to another person who's often referred to as the attorney the power to manage the client's legal and financial affairs. And a power of attorney can be either general or enduring. And the main difference between those two um, is that with an enduring power of attorney, um, the power continues to have effect after the the principal has lost legal capacity. Um, but with both a general or enduring power of attorney, they both end automatically when the client passes away. And it's important to note that an enduring power of attorney can only be put in place by the client at a time when they have legal capacity. And the ATO has confirmed in the SMSF ruling 2010-2, which looks at this specific exception, um, that a general power of attorney won't be sufficient for this exception to apply and that it needs to be an enduring power of attorney.
0: All right. So, just re-emphasising that, if you if you're someone that holds a general power of attorney, in respect of someone, you, you know, you can't be appointed under these rules to act as a trustee of that other person. It has to be an enduring power of attorney, not a general power of attorney. Um, and there's also a question there about. When drawing up an enduring power of attorney, of when it actually will take effect, right? So that can actually vary,
2: right? Yeah, that's right. Um, an enduring power of attorney can only be appointed um, as trustee or director of, of the corporate trustee in place of a member if um, if it's current, and that is that means that it's taken effect already and it hasn't been terminated. Now, mm-hmm. the effective date for an enduring power of attorney can Uh, be different depending on uh, what's outlined in the document. Um, So it could take effect immediately or it could only take effect upon the client losing legal capacity or alternatively it could take effect from a specific date or upon a specific event occurring. Mm -hmm. And regarding SMSF trustees, the commencement time a client chooses uh, for their enduring power of attorney Um, might depend on uh, when or sorry why they would want their enduring power of attorney to become trustee in their place
0: okay so what about if a member is a trustee of an SMSF and becomes disqualified maybe due to you know becoming a bankrupt or something along those lines, can they resign and their enduring power of attorney be appointed as a trustee in their place to keep the SMSF definition satisfied? So, Tim, what's the situation there?
1: Yeah, well, that would be a good loophole, uh, wouldn't it? That, <laughs> it would. Um, it unfortunately, would. Unfortunately, no. So the SIS the Act makes quite clear that um, an enduring power of attorney of a disqualified client is not able to be trustee in the client's place under that exception. So... If a trustee becomes disqualified, then they can't use this exception. They must immediately cease to be a trustee. And the follow-on effect of that is they'll have to cease being a member of the fund um, within a six-month grace period that applies there.
0: Right, Generally, in most circumstances, probably it's going to result in the fund being required to be wound up depending on the circumstances. Yeah. Now, so if a client has been granted an enduring power of attorney in favour of someone that Can that person just step in and make trustee decisions on behalf of the member slash trustee? So, Pete,
2: what's the situation here? Well, it's important to note that the powers of attorney are regulated under state-based legislation, so the Mm. actual power that they're granted um, can differ a little bit from state to state, but in most cases, um, an enduring power of attorney doesn't give the attorney the power to act as trustee of a trust. and under uh, common law, um, it doesn't provide them with the power to uh, be director of a company. Now, um, so, therefore, in order to qualify for this exception, um, the attorney must be appointed as trustee or corporate trustee, uh, sorry, director of the corporate trustee in their own capacity, not acting by the power of the attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means they're personally responsible for complying with the trustee duties, and they would be subject to any penalties if they breach any of those duties. Um, they must be eligible to be an SMSF trustee or director um, in their own right. For example, if if the enduring power of attorney is a disqualified person, then they can't be appointed as trustee, and they must be they must consent in writing and declare that they understand their trustee duties within 21 days of being appointed as trustee or director of the corporate trustee. Um, Also, the the member must cease to be trustee or director of the corporate trustee. Um, Although an exception applies where an enduring power of attorney is appointed as an alternate director, in those situations, the member can continue. Um, But in most cases, uh, the, the member needs to step down any appointment and resignation um, or removal of trustees needs to comply with the requirements in the SMSF governing rules, so it's important to confirm uh, what those requirements are.
0: Right, so I suppose this is actually quite important, we're sitting here talking about you know the definition of an SMSF and what happens when an enduring power of attorney is appointed. If, if we are actually going to issue someone or grant someone with an enduring power of attorney and then we want them to step in to act as a trustee of the SMSF, one, it's going to require the member in most because if it's an individual trustee structure, they're going to have to resign. So that new trustee is really taking on all the legal obligations. And not only the legal obligations, the potential penalties that if something goes wrong. So that person that is agreeing to step in and act, they've really got to know and understand what this actually involves um, and be willing to accept those responsibilities and the potential risks associated with
1: it. Yeah, it's it's worth pointing out as well, Craig, that the normal uh, rules apply to trustees around not being able to be remunerated as well. So they're not going to be able to get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. So all of that
0: risk and responsibility but no reward for it. So, you know, so that person's really got to, you know, be all on board for what they're signing up to because, uh, yeah, they can't be remunerated and they're taking on a lot of duty and obligation and risk. So, Tim, the ATO also discusses that it's possible for an EPOA to be appointed as a trustee for multiple members and also that a member could appoint multiple EPIs as a check and balance. So, you know, maybe I've, you know, I'm a member of my self-management fund. Um, I want to appoint my son or daughter, but then, you know, I just want to make sure that everything's fair and that that son or daughter doesn't go rogue. So actually appoint two of my kids with EPOAs, or all three of them if I have three, um, just as that check and balance. So does that mean that the number of trustees could change where an EPA an Enduring Power of Attorney is involved?
1: Yeah, so in their ruling, the ATO confirms that that is possible. So the ATO says that where an SMSF member has multiple attorneys under an Enduring Power of Attorney, then one or more of them can be appointed as trustee or director of a corporate trustee. So, for example, you could have a member being replaced as trustee by two attorneys appointed under an EPOA. It is important, though, in that situation, to check the trust deed um, as there may be provisions limiting the ability to do that to avoid disadvantaging other members from a, a voting perspective, because um, that mm-hmm. member would have, you know, two attorney, two trustees acting um, for them. Um, you could also have a person who's an attorney under an enduring power of attorney for multiple SMSF members. So, for example, you could have a husband and wife who are trustees and members of their SMSF and they both lose legal capacity but both have their adult son as their legal personal representative under an enduring power of attorney. So they could both be removed as trustee and their son could be appointed as the single SMSF trustee in that case.
0: Yeah. Um, I suppose coming back to that, where multiple EPOs are appointed, you'd want to be really careful with that, I suppose. I mean, if this is a, a family SMSF and these days you can have up to six members, can you imagine if one of the kids came in and said, all right, I'm appointing 10 people, right, as EPOAs for some right now, that's probably taking it to ridiculous levels, let's say, but I'm appointing two or maybe even three people then enduring power of attorney. And those people then somehow get appointed as trustees or as directors of the corporate trustees, you'd want to have an understanding of what the trustee then said around their voting rights, right? Because I can imagine if the, the deed said each trustee gets one vote on any issue, well, that one person now effectively has three votes. Um which yeah. could sway a decision of the fund. Uh, or alternatively, the deed might be snazzy enough to understand this kind of situation and go, right, well, if you have an enduring power of attorney acting as a trustee for a member of the fund, then if there's multiple enduring powers of attorney, they combined only get that member's one vote on any issue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it would be important to check the trustee, but depending on what it says, um, you know, multiple EPoAs coming in as trustee you could certainly change the vibe when it comes yeah. to voting in the fund, I guess you'd say.
0: That's right. That's right. And I suppose then what would happen in that situation, I'd, I'd be going back and getting the deed reviewed. Um, and if if it was silent on that kind of issue, that would be really important to say, okay, well, if you're going to have these people come in and appointed for you, we need to get this deed updated now to to contemplate what happens in the situation where, there's, uh, where we're now having to make a trustee decision because you don't want, obviously, in that situation, a conflict going on and all of a sudden that one person is effectively getting two, three, four votes depending on the number of being, people that have been appointed for them. It, it may be out there kind of scenario, but it's just one that would be important to see the potential risks of doing this as well. Now, okay, Pete, I, I imagine there would be some situations where a client has an enduring power of attorney and their attorney is already another trustee, the SMSF. So what happens in that case? Yeah, that would
2: be a fairly common scenario. Um, for example, let's say the husband and wife are both trustees of an SMSF and they both hold enduring powers of attorney uh, for each other. And let's say the husband then loses legal capacity. Mm. Um, the ATO is confirmed in SMSFR 2010-2 that in that sort of case, the husband can be removed as a trustee and the wife can act as trustee in place of the husband. And because the wife is already a trustee of the fund, um, she's considered to have been appointed and doesn't need to be separately appointed again.
0: Okay, so where you have a trustee acting for two members, such as the, the wife example we just discussed, Does this mean the wife has to act in two capacities each time a trustee decision is required?
2: No, they don't need to. Um, The ATO has confirmed in the compendium to the ruling that um, the enduring power of attorney exercises their powers as a single trustee or corporate trustee director, um, regardless of the number of members that they're actually representing. Um, However, it's important, um, as with any SMSF trustee, their powers and duties have to be exercised for the benefit of all fund members, um, not just for the benefit um, of that particular member that they hold the EPOA for.
0: All right, cool. All right, well, I think that pretty much sums it all up. Um, Pete, Tim, thanks. No problem. Thanks, Greg. Pete. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Advantius Investments Limited accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.